0: He went to the high priest and asked him for the letters to the synagogues in Damascus so that if he found any there who belonged to the way whether man or woman he might take, take them as prisoners to J- Jerusalem as he neared Damascus on his journey suddenly a light fell from heaven from heaven fell around him he fell to the ground and heard a voice say to him Saul Saul why do you persecute me who are you Lord Saul asked I am Jesus whom you are persecuting." The Lord told him, "Go to the house of Judas on Straight Street and ask him, and ask for a man from Tarsus named Saul, for he is praying. In a vision, he has seen a man named Ananias come and place his hands on him and restore his sight." Lord, Ananias answered, "I have heard many reports about this man and all the harm he has done to your holy people in Jerusalem. He has come here with authority from the chief priest to arrest all who call on his na- on your name." But the Lord said to Ananias, Go, this man is my chosen instrument to proclaim the name to the Gentiles and the kings of, to, to the people of Israel. I will show him how much he must suffer for my name. Then Ananias went to his house and entered it, placing his hands on Saul. He said, Brother Saul, the Lord Jesus, who appeared to you on the road as you were coming here, he has sent me so that you may see it again and be filled with the Holy Spirit. Immediately, something like scales, f- scales fell from Saul's eyes, and he could see again. He got up and was baptized, and after taking some food, he regained some- his strength. Um, so, in reading that, there's uh, quite a bit that happens. Um, Saul, first of all, uh, Saul uh, meets the Lord head on, and, um... Something that I was noticed while reading this uh, a few weeks ago, when preparing for this lesson, was that Paul was a Gentile, and so he was probably definitely not real received with the Jews when he comes up and is going, "Yo, um, God's called me to talk with the Gentiles." Was, they're probably not too happy about that. Um, another thing I've noticed is that. Um, One of my hobbies include Rubik's cubes, Um, and how similar. And something I've realized is how similar life can be compared to a Rubik's cube, because it's all mixed up. There's millions and millions of ways your life can be, your life and this cube can be mixed up. But when you find God, it's like He's moving pieces in your life to. Quo- to solve it, basically, is what I'm getting at. That and when you find God. Um, it is like he is moving the pieces around, and you fu- and the emptiness is keeps diminishing and is going away. Um, and this can happen either with a man named Ananias coming and turning tapping on his shoulder, or it can come. there's millions of ways God has done it, but after that, everything else, all your other problems slowly diminish as well, and although your life can be more like this, many, many other sides, um, but (laughs) um, but the, what I'm getting at is life is so hard and mixed up, but with God, he can come and solve it, and and there's definitely going to be trials like um paul is was never liked very well by many people he definitely um was questioned many many times and um and but it's also our job he was also called to go and preach to the gentiles of the good news and when we get this part solved for us, it's our job to go to all the nations of the world and start turning the gears of others in our lives. And that's basically what Christian, being a Christian is. It's, it's, it's learning about God, but then also learning to preach about God to others, letting, telling them to... How the message works, so that they can go out to their air friends and and tell them about the good news, and um and that's what the Great Commission, um, Matthew twenty-eight, eight, go into all the nations and tell them my word, and I also found that found that this is very similar to the parable of the lost son or prodigal son. Um Where uh, where er, you go into where we leave, and we leave God, which happens many, many years ago with Adam and Eve. We left God for dust when we t- ate the tree and didn't want to look back. but throughout history, there's been people trying to steer everyone, mankind, back to God. And that's when the end times will come. Um, Like Moses, um, Noah, um, the Apostle Paul, or missionaries, like Gladys A. Ward or Bruco we were talking about in Sunday school. Um, These, and, but it's also our, our decision. God gave us free will. And so if we don't want to share, that is a decision that we are allowed to make. It is our job, but it's also, it's, you, you don't have to, ooh, it's, there's many, many parts to being a Christian, and um, going into the world and telling about it is just one of them, but I'm going to read the Prodigal Son. it's in Luke um, 15, uh, verse 11, Luke 15, verse 11, jesus continued there was a man who had two sons the younger one said to his father father give me my share of the estate so he divided his property between them not long after that the younger son did all that he had set off for a distant country and then squandered his wealth within while living i see that as it can be described as three ways someone who has has learned about God in his youth but then doesn't want but doesn't want it anymore and has left and then um and has left and wanted which is what this story is implying but then also it can be e- either described as someone who has never who has never lo- known God but that is because they left God when Adam and Eve um ate the tree of wisdom we did not, he did not want all the good things that he told him, so he ate the apple. And, um, and that goes into my third point. It can that be described as all of mankind. We left God and need to come back to him. And I'm going to continue reading down at 20. So he got up and went to his father. But while he was still a long way off, his father saw him and was filled with compassion for him. He ran to his son and threw his arms around him and kissed him. And that is obviously referring to how God is up in heaven watching everyone wanting us to come back to him so that he can embrace us. Because God is jealous for our hearts and our souls. and But so is sin. And we need to be careful that we are not dwelling in sin because that is what that is what satan wants and it's a spiritual battle it really is it's and weird there's no way to get out of it because um because that's just how it is but we are able to make it easier on ourselves by coming to god um by coming to god as in psalm 91 it says we shall rest in his shadow um, he wants us to rest in his shadow, as he will give us protection in there. Um, I'm going to continue down with 21. The son said to Ed to him, "Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I am no longer what worthy to be called your son." But the father said to his servants, "Quick, bring the best robe and put it on him. Put a ring on his finger and sandals on his feet. Bring the fattened calf and and kill it. Let's have a feast and celebrate." For the son of mine was dead and sin, and is now alive again. He was lost and is found, now found. They began to celebrate, and that is, um, that is kind of what bat- baptism is. It's um a celebration of us coming. It is both public showing that we have wiped our sin away, but is also somewhat of a celebration that we are no longer, er, in sin and that God and it's. A Celebration that we are now in Jesus Christ, and um, if you continue down, it talks about how the older brother is very, very—he's not happy that It's that he's being rewarded, rewarded for as someone who left, squandered everything he had, and um, he just wanted to party, but soon realized that it is not a good way to live and it's not a prosperous way to live. And that is and um and he came back and they're having a party but the and the older brother is like is is really mad because he's he's been working super hard his whole life for his father. He has always done what he asked and believes that he should be um he should be considered higher. Whereas in... But in truth, um... Um... In in heaven, everyone is equal. But this... And this can be considered as someone who... Has always been growing up in a church. Um... Or someone who's always done God's will. But it has nothing to show for it. No parties, no robes, no nothing. And... But... In this... Um brings me to my kind of how I like to think of things is that I want to always be with God. I always want to follow God with a passion and a lust like I'm a new Christian. Because Paul, that's what Paul did after he became a Christian. He went out oh, through all the struggles but was so devoted and he didn't He didn't have a lifetime of, of church and um, knowledge. He is he went blind, and that's how he met God. He, but he was so devoted and so enthusiastic about God. He just had to go out and share it, um, and that's why I feel like you should always try to go, go with the new Christian mindset, because if you read, and, um, this is kind of a point that I thought of last night, I was looking for a little more, um, a few more verses to read, but I was just, like, flipping through the Bible and, and looking at it, all the stories, and I was like, read it, read it, read it, read it, read it. And I was like, and then I stopped myself, and I was like, all right, I've read this verse, but how many times have I understood it to its full extent? And my answer was never, um, because we can never understand it to its full extent, but we're never going to get, we're never going to ever get anywhere close to its full extent if we just free read and reread but don't th- think but don't read it as if we've never read it before because if you read it like you've never read it before you're not gonna read it like you've ever read it before it's you're gonna read it like you you're gonna read it and you're going to read something new that you've never picked on up on um, and that is kind of I know this is kind of a short sermon, but that is kind of my challenge to you, that's what I challenge you to do, is when you read and when you pray, do it with the the mindset of a new Christian, do it with the mindset of someone who's never heard this before, because that, I feel, is one way that we will get closer to God, is if we do it like we've never done it before, yeah, so thank you. I'm going to pass it down off to my grandpa now. No, A
1: while back when uh, Pastor Terry, hey Joshua, okay, he's, he's just out there. When Pastor Terry mentioned about uh, that he was going on vacation for three weeks and needed somebody to fill in, and I said, let me talk to Joshua. He might be willing, and I'll, I'll do it with him. And one of the reasons I thought about that was uh, back when our children were in junior high and high school, We attended a church that had Youth Sunday every year, and they always asked for volunteers in the youth who wanted to have a sermon. And each of our four sons had volunteered to do that. And I just thought it was a really great opportunity for them uh, to be able to do that and share with uh, the congregation and for churches to be willing to allow our young people that experience. So I asked Joshua, not knowing if he would or not, but he, there was no hesitation. He said, sure, I'll do it. In fact, I had something in mind that I wanted to share. It's very humiliating to me because when I was growing up, I... I had opportunities to serve in our church, but don't I didn't I didn't want to be asked to speak in front of the church. And even today, it's real hard for me to say yes if being asked to share uh, in front of people. Uh, so it was really challenging to me and humbling to know that my grandson, who's 14 years old, is eager and wanting to be obedient to Christ, wanting to share what God has placed on his heart. And uh, each of us should be willing to do what God is calling us to do. I was trying to figure out if uh, our, his talk and my talk are going to uh, fit together. I'm sure it does. And I was thinking of some things but I will let it up to each of you to figure that out for yourself and what God, how God is going to mesh that together. <laughs> so about a month ago, I was um, back in the Sunday school room and I noticed a box of books. And I saw one that was called, was on hospitality. And it might have been one of yours, I'm not sure. But I had an interest in it, and I took it out, and I read it. And I said, well, that's, that's what I'm going to speak about. It was called the uh, Commands, or the Hospitality Commands, by Alexander Straunch. I guess that's how you pronounce his name. So what I want to look at is uh, actually going to John 13 and verse 34. So Jesus... Is speaking to his disciples, and he says, A new command I give you love one another. As I have loved you, so you must love one another. By this, all men will know that you are my disciples, if you love one another. And then just a few other verses that I want to just sort of tie into that. Um, John 14:15, Jesus says, "If you love me, you will obey my commands." And John 15:17, "This is my command: love each other." And Jesus spent a lot of time there in those. We see in that right before he uh, went to the cross of talking to his disciples about loving each other. And so, one of the things that I look at is uh, there are several scriptures in the New Testament <clears throat> that talk about Christian hospitality, talk about hospitality to one another, and I see that as one of the practical ways of sharing love with one another. So let's start with uh, Romans twelve. So in Romans 12, 9 to 13, Love must be sincere. Hate what is evil. Cling to what is good. Be devoted to one another in brotherly love. Honor one another above yourselves. Never be lacking in zeal, but keep your spiritual fervor Serving the Lord. Be joyful in hope, patient in affliction, faithful in prayer. Share with God's people who are in need. Practice hospitality. And then the next one is in Hebrews 13:1 and 2. Hebrews 13. Keep on loving each other as brothers. Do not forget to entertain strangers, for by so doing, some people have entertained angels without knowing it. My thought was on that was, uh, when we are talking about strangers, is it possible that we have people within our own church who are strangers? We don't know them that well. And it's something to consider in regards to getting to know people within our congregation. And then 1 Peter 4. Uh, Starting at verse... starting at verse 7. The end of all things is near. Therefore, be clear-minded and self-controlled so that you can pray. Above all, love each other deeply because love covers over a multitude of sins. Offer hospitality to one another without grumbling. Each one should use whatever gift he has received to serve others faithfully of faithfully administering God's grace in its various forms. If anyone speaks, he should do it as one speaking the very words of God. If anyone serves, he should do it with the strength God provides, so that in all things God may be praised through Jesus Christ. To him be the glory and the power forever and ever. Amen. So the verse in there on, in verse 9 is offering hospitality to one another. Uh, without grumbling, or I would get to say, doing it cheerfully. Uh, I think of a couple examples, uh, there's a a lot of examples, but just to share a few that, uh, I think in my past, seeing uh, my my parents, seeing my family, uh, showing hospitality, uh, I grew up in a church in Iowa, and it was a common thing to be invited to uh, other people's homes or we would invite people to our home. Um, we had a large family, so you know, it was, it was, for somebody to invite us, that was a big thing. Um, one of the things I remember about my grandmother was she not only invited us to her home and served a home home-cooked meal but she also would send you home with a loaf of bread and we all she was noted for her uh, homemade bread that she would make I've never tasted anything like it since Uh, my mother tried to duplicate it many times and it never turned out the same Uh, she just had a way of making it and had a special recipe it was probably all in her head Uh, But just that thought of not only did she invite you over, but she sent you home with a loaf of bread. I was thinking about uh, when we went to Isaac and Sarah's wedding over in England, they hooked us up with a family from their church to host us for a week. And uh, they were very gracious. Uh, We made a few blunders and uh calling things what they shouldn't have been called but they also showed some hospitality like okay wow this is different uh one was uh on the morning they were to get married i heard this knock on the door we're still in bed and uh, jonathan comes in with uh tea so he's serving us tea in bed and it's like okay and uh When it was time to go to the wedding he said he was going to drive us like and so we go out to the car and he had decorated this car up with streamers and and bows and uh, he chauffeured us to the wedding Uh, just a couple things like that there was were things that I would have never thought of and if you came to my house spent the night I wouldn't be waking you up in the morning with uh, tea or coffee but uh, that was something they did, and it was a, an expression of their hospitality. Um, I, I also think of another time when uh, we were in college in Virginia, and at the time we didn't know a lot of people, but we always wanted to connect with people. And so, one time I met this guy walking home from school, and we were talking and not sure why, but I said, do you have anything to do on Friday night? He's like, no, I don't think we do. And I said, why don't you and your wife come over for supper? I didn't ask Gloria; I just (laughs) did it. But anyway, um, they came over, and it ended up, to me, it was one of those expressions of meeting angels unawares. It became a really, I, I mean, I don't know what it was, but something clicked in that Time together. Um, a lot of laughter, a lot of fun together. And uh, it, I don't know how often we went back and forth. We were either at their house or our house. But um, it was just something that happened in that. It was like it lifted our spirits. Um, the, the laughing together was just a, a great thing. And I th- also think about that, that in regards to hey, they were strangers. I didn't know them. I just met the guy. Uh, we never met the, the spouse you know the, each other's spouses but we did get together and it was a blessing <clears throat> the, the one other um, thing I wanted to share was about after we were finished with school in Virginia I um, we were going to Georgia in voluntary service for a couple years and so we were up in, in Lancaster County for an orientation for a week, and it was really extremely hot in the middle of September. It was in the hundreds. And we're driving in this, uh, after the orientation, we're driving south to Georgia. And we're in a hot car, with no air conditioning, and there's Nathaniel in his car seat, uh, two months old, And I, had, and I don't know how it happened, but I said, well, I have a friend in North Carolina uh, who's at Duke, goes to Duke University, and I'll give her a call, and maybe we can spend the night there. So we did, and uh, she welcomed us very warmly. Gloria had never met her before. I had met her in Philadelphia when I was in Philadelphia, and, uh, she gave us a meal that evening. We uh, were able to gave us a bed to sleep in. The next morning, uh, went to church with her. At, uh, after church, she took us out to eat before we went on our went on our way. And uh, there was just something about that. It was just like we needed a, ref- a refreshment. We needed a break. We needed. Uh, just, I don't know what it was, but we left there feeling really, really refreshed. And so uh, why, why I share these is I'm sure that all of you have some experiences of, of uh, either people in your family, uh, you yourselves have reached out or you've gone to people's homes um, or had people at your home and just the blessing that, that, has, that happens in those situations. looking at the different aspects of Christian uh, hospitality, I just want to share a few things that um, I've gathered from this. And so it's a demonstration of Christians loving each other. It's that practical expression of brotherly and sisterly love. It's also a require, it requires every Christian to uh, eagerly pursue Christian hospitality. It speaks of it as a command not an option it's something we all have, may do it differently but it's something that as Christians as we want to grow and we want to uh, grow in fellowship with one another uh, which is God's plan for us is that we want to be a part of uh, showing hospitality it was also one of the Christian hosp- uh, it was one of the uh, birthmarks of early Christianity look at Acts 2. It talks about the meeting daily in the temple and going from home to home, sharing bread, breaking bread, and sharing meals together. Um, it's also a, a effective way of sharing the gospel, the good news message of Jesus Christ with our relatives, our friends, and neighbors. Uh, it's a a couple places in Acts it talks about uh, the times that Paul met in different homes, sharing the gospel. Also in Luke, uh, the story about Matthew, God calling or Jesus calling Matthew to follow Him, and he does. And right after that, it talks about him being in Matthew's home with a bunch of other tax collectors, and there's Jesus sharing a meal together with them. Also, uh, one of the reasons I sh- uh, sh- shared earlier about the uh, spiritual gifts in 1 Peter 4, it's looking at the opportunity to exercise our spiritual gifts. And uh, we're urged to use them in serving others. And here we see about the whole idea of speaking, speaking, serving as opportunities to um, serve one another. And what we have from that is uh, we can expect that through that uh, we are able to show mercy, giving, evangelizing, the gift of helps. Uh, So there's uh, many things that tie into that. And if you see that you see that here in regards to hospitality. You see it also back in uh, Romans 12, uh, where it also speaks of the gifts prior to going into that about loving each other and showing hospitality. Uh, if you turn to Matthew 25, 34... king will reply i tell you the truth whatever you did for the least one of the least of these brothers of mine you did it for me so just thinking about that doing things that uh, god is calling us to do and when we do those even to the least of these we are inviting the lord jesus christ uh, into our homes So to end uh, this, I just want to share a little bit about well, how do we? What do we do now? Uh, we've heard the message. We, you know, what is God saying to me? Uh, maybe this message is just for me. I don't know, but uh, I think all of us uh, need to, in our own way, ask God, what do you want me to do? How do you want me to show you hospitality? Show hospitality to my brothers and sisters, to my neighbors, to strangers. Uh, ask about the ask him about the details. You know what to serve, who to invite. I think about the class we're doing right now. Uh, in the basement, the adult class, we talk a lot about going to God and asking. About things, and then waiting and listening and hearing what he has to say to us, and then doing it. So, through the ministry of hospitality, we share our most prized possessions, we share family, home time, privacy, our food, our finances, we share our lives. Through Ministry of Hospitality, we provide friendship, acceptance, fellowship, refreshment, comfort, and love in one of the richest and deepest ways possible for humans to understand. It is an expression of love. So my hope for, at least for myself, is that uh, after hearing this message that you'll see some fruit of that or results of that in the coming months. I won't say weeks because we're going to be gone. But um, in my own life, and Gloria in my own life, that we want to be obedient to um, inviting people to our home, so thank you. Let's uh, let us stand, uh, and uh, I'll end with prayer. Thank you, God, for gathering us together. Thank you that you call us your children and that we are brothers and sisters in Christ. Thank you that you've given us the command to love one another as you have loved us. We ask that you continue to speak into our hearts of how you want us to do that, how you want us to flesh that out in our own lives. We want to follow you. We want to be obedient to your calling and speaking into our hearts and our lives. And may those around us know that we are Christians by how we love one another. want to give you thanks and praise for all that we do and say we want to bring glory and honor to you and that your name be glorified and lifted up and we give you praise in Jesus name